You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. Want to hear all about Jess's recent trip to Australia? She scored business class flights that would have cost $24,000 for just $800 in taxes and fees, and she got eight nights at luxury height hotels for less than $700. Listen up as she shares exactly how she did it and how you can do it too. Welcome to the Travel Hacky Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are travel hacking moms. Jess just returned from a 10-day trip to Australia. And Jess, we want to hear all about how you got there and where you stayed. So first, tell us about your flights. Okay, so Australia has been number one on my bucket list for years. And I was like, I'm going to be picky about how I get there because obviously if I were paying cash, I would be flying economy. But as Pam always says, we all have different goals in this hobby. And for me, it is go big or go home. So if I, like that is my personal motto. So if I am able to use my points and miles to fly business class to Australia, then I'm going to wait until a really good deal comes up so that I can fly business class, especially the flight over there. So when I woke up the morning that I booked this trip, I didn't even plan to book a trip to Australia that day. But Zach, our friend and the founder of Travel Freely, texted us and said, I just found these flights to Australia for 75,000 miles in business class. And I was like, hold up, tell me the details, tell me how you booked it. And that day I booked our flights. And so I texted my oldest stepdaughter, her name's Ella, and I said, hey, if I book us seats in business class to go to Australia, do you want to come? And she said, of course, because she, unfortunately, my husband's a professor, so he couldn't miss work. My daughter would Molly is 10 and she would just have been starting school. So she couldn't miss, you know, seven days of school right at the beginning of the year. So Ella was my perfect choice for a travel companion. So I booked us. The deal was it was on flying on Qantas from LAX to Sydney, but we booked it through Cathay Pacific Asia Miles. And Cathay Pacific Asia Miles is really nice because you can transfer from Amex, Capital One, or City to Cathay Pacific. So there's lots of options for transferring. So it was 75,000 miles per person each way. So for both of our round trips, it was 300,000 miles. I transferred most of those from Amex. I think I did transfer some from Capital One, but a majority of those were from Amex. And then it was around $800 in taxes total for both of us. So around $400 a person in taxes, which I feel like is an amazing deal. I actually took a screenshot. At, so I booked this trip in early December. I took a screenshot at the time of like what the cash price would be 
if I were booking these two round trip flights in business class and it was $24,000. That is I so would crazy. never pay to, I wouldn't even pay like $5,000 let alone $24,000. And that's is that a piece, right? Or is that for both? That's for no, both. total. So it was about 12,000 each. So crazy. I think that's one of the most amazing things about this is that you can do things that you never, ever would do. I mean, I agree. I 100%, I would never pay that price, but you end up paying less than you would for an economy seat, way less in your taxes and fees, and then you're able to go in style. It's amazing. I also think one of the things that's so interesting is that you booked it at the last minute, just, you know, okay, a great deal came up, but because you have a stockpile of points, because you're, you know, are always opening up cards constantly. So you're always getting more points. You have this great stockpile. It's there for an emergency. It's there if you just want to go on this last, you find a great deal. And that's key to what we do is that, you know, sometimes I've been looking for a while wanting to go back to Australia because our trip last year, we loved. And, you know, I'm finding these, you know, 150000 for business class. I'm like, I'm not doing that because I did it so much cheaper last time. And so the key to having that stockpile is when a good deal pops up, thank you, Zach, is, you know, you could hop on it. And that's just really a great thing to have. Well, and I also shared that. So after I booked my tickets and I got my itinerary done, I actually shared that deal in stories. And I think a few of our followers also booked it. And so I was, it's, you know, Australia was closed for a really long time during the pandemic. And so it has been difficult to find award flights. It's been difficult to find really good award flights, really, you know, business class flights. And so as soon as I had my flights locked in, I was like, I got to share this knowledge with other people. So that's another reason why you should be following our stories, because when we find really good deals, we often share them with everyone else. So how did you feel about Qantas, the business class? And was I'm assuming was this Ella's first time flying business class? Yeah, it was her first time flying business class. And also Amen. like stepmom of the century. You're like, you want to spend 10 days with me to Australia in business class? And then yeah. even before, like you also stayed at unbelievable hotels. Yeah, I'm lucky because she loves traveling and she has graduated from college. And so we're not having to deal with a school schedule with her. She works remotely. And so she's basically willing to like go anywhere She's like my little mini Pam. Like I can just text her and say, hey, I want to go here. Do you want to go? And she is all about it. So um, she loved business class. And I think that she's spoiled for life. And she's going to have a really hard time going back <laughs> to economy. But, you know, she I have gotten her into the travel hacking game. She opened her first Chase Inc. card this year. And so she's on her way to racking up. So you're like, I'm teaching you how to do this so I don't have to use all my points for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, maybe next time we can use some of your points for um, our hotels. Or, But yeah, no, this time I said, this one's on me. And I told her, I was like, this is your Christmas gift. This is your birthday gift. You know, this is all the gifts. But she loved business class. It was amazing. Our flight over there was on the A380. So it was a double-decker plane 
a one-to-one configuration. We were both by the window and they have an onboard lounge. It's not as nice as the Emirates onboard lounge. There's no bartender. It's serve yourself, but still amazing to have that space to hang out. They have massagers in the seats. You can turn on the the chair massager. I had never had that on. No, I haven't either. That sounds nice. Yeah. So we were just living our best lives. They gave us pajamas. Uh, So we were just living our best lives on the plane and she loved it. And I forgot to mention this, but to get, so I was coming from Houston. She was coming from Chicago. We met in LA. And so we each took a positioning flight on United. We met in LA. We're going to have another episode coming up all about positioning flights, but I booked on United. I gave myself around seven hours of time to get there and then my flight landed early so I ended up having about eight hours at the (laughs) at LAX but we went to the Qantas lounge and so it wasn't a terrible way to spend that time but we were very tired by the time did they let you go into the lounge that they they did and we also this was another story so if you're going to Australia you need a visa and I didn't know that. And so we got to the lounge. I should have known it because Pam mentioned it in her blog post. But we got to the lounge and they scanned our passports to give us our boarding passes. And they said, do you have your visa? And I thought they meant my credit card. Right? <laughs> <laughs> take out my Capital One Venture well, Act. You and actually I'm like, take out your credit card? Yeah. And she was <laughs> like, no, your visa to enter Australia. And I said, what? And so it was a really good thing that we were early. It was... I mean, she gave us the app that we needed to download and we and we filled it out and we got it immediately. So it ended up being fine. But I was thinking if I'm here eight hours early and I still don't make this flight because I didn't know I needed a visa, then that's going to be very sad. So if you're going to Australia, you need a visa, just FYI, and not the credit card guy. Um, but yeah, so we each flew United. We met up in LAX, spent a long time at the Qantas lounge, which was really nice. And then we boarded the plane. Um, and then we also have, so this is a, I feel like this is one of the more difficult ways to book Australia. I haven't seen a ton of Qantas availability via Cathay Pacific since I booked my flight. So in episode 18, Pam sort of goes into detail about how she booked her flights to Australia via a and a so you might want to check that out and then and i i just want to say too that a and a is tough yeah to do i did it right as the pandemic was ending and so it was great i only paid 120k round trip with a stopover in tokyo in business class it was amazing i've looked and it's tough yeah. You know, you, you, you've got to be, you know, almost a year out and be really lucky to get it. I think that it will level off as travel, you know, calms down a little bit. Everybody wants to travel since the pandemic, but you know, it was great. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it's a great redemption if you can find it. Yeah. And then American Airlines is another one to keep an eye on and you can book those via either American or Alaska miles. Those are both a little bit tougher to earn because 
none of the banks transfer to American or Alaska. So you can really only accumulate those miles by opening those co-branded credit cards. But I find it easier to find availability on American. I also know that it seems like every year there's some a good sale that comes up on United. You know, it's not, you know, all the time right now. If you were to look, you'd probably see 150K to 200K um, one way in business class. If you're willing to go economy, you're going to find lots more availability across all the airlines. But I'd say that usually United, we they, it periodically does have some good availability. So, you know, if you subscribe to one of the newsletters where they send out the um, good award deals, that's always a good deal. And if yeah. we see when we'll let you guys know. Yeah, I think United, especially if you're if you're willing to fly economy, I think United is a really good option. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us a little bit now about, so you went to Sydney first, you flew from LAX to Sydney. So mm-hmm. let's hear a little bit about where you stayed and how you got to Sydney once you landed and all of that. So the Park Hyatt Sydney has been my number one Hyatt bucket list hotel for a very long time. And so I knew that I wanted to do at least a few nights at the Park Hyatt Sydney. So one thing I loved about Sydney, there's a lot that I love about Sydney, but the public transportation there is so easy. So we, from the time we got off the plane to when we're walking up to the door of the Park Hyatt, it was about 40 minutes. We didn't check a bag. We had carry-ons. So we just got off the plane. We went through customs and immigration and they don't stamp your passport there, which I was very sad about. So I don't have an Australia stamp, but super easy to go through there. And then we took, it's called the airport link. It is a train and you can just tap, if you have a, if you have a credit card that taps, or if you have an, I used my Apple watch, you can just tap to pay. So you don't have to buy like a refillable, reloadable card. It's super easy. You just tap a card, you tap your Apple watch, go through the gates. And then so that took the airport link took us to Circular Key, which is in the central business, central, they call it the CBD there. They don't call it downtown. They call it the CBD, Central Business District. So we took that to Circular Key and then it was just the Park Hyatt was just a short walk from there. So. Loved the public transportation in Sydney. It was very clean. And yeah, so we stayed at the Park Hyatt for three nights. Probably the best, like location-wise, probably the best hotel I've ever stayed at. Just the location, the views. It was very surreal. It was very like, am I actually here? It was a pinch me moment. Like, your videos and pictures you sent us, like with the views of the opera behind you, were amazing, like unbelievable. Yeah, you had a better you had a better view than I had. We had to kind of peer around the corner a little bit. Looked like you had much more of a straight on view. So I actually booked a standard king room. It is the Park Hyatt Sydney is a category eight, which means that standard award nights will run you 40,000 Hyatt points a night, which is basically as high as Hyatt goes. But to me, 40,000 points for that hotel is a steal. And 
luckily two of our nights were off peak. So those were only 35,000. So it was 110,000 Hyatt points for all three nights would have cost a thousand dollars a night, you know, just for the standard king room. So when we got there, they said, Oh, Miss Field, you're a globalist. We've upgraded you to a deluxe room. So I said, Great, sounds great. And we were checking in at 9 a.m. And they said, Just go have a seat. We'll get you a latte. And then, or they call it flat white there. We'll get you a flat white and your room will be ready soon. Great. So we go have some coffee. They come over, say they're going to escort us to the room. They bring us to the room. It is a beautiful room, a huge, beautiful room. But then they leave and I open the curtains and our view is of basically a, a huge tree and a construction site. And I said, this is not going to work. <laughs> That's my bucket list dream right here. I'm not going to be sad at a construction thinking, site. What it was was right before, like the week before we got there, the Women's World Cup was happening in Sydney, the finals, and Fox Sports had built, you know how they'll broadcast yeah. from the local. So Fox Sports had built a stage right by the Park Hyatt because of the view of the opera house, and they were breaking it down. And so there was like hammering and all these men out there. And I'm just like, I don't want to walk on my balcony and see a bunch of men hammering. You know, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not what you had planned, Jess. That's not what you were looking for in your trip to Australia. First time in Australia. You know, I came here for the views. And so I actually took a video of the view and I went back down to the front desk and I was very nice. And also just in case if you were ever wondering if we get preferential treatment because we're a travel hacking mom, the answer is no. And these places have no idea who we are as evidenced by this view. And so I was very nice about it. And I said, this is my first time in Australia. I was really looking forward to the view from my room. And this is what it is. And I showed them the video and I said, I'm just disappointed. And if you have anything with an opera view, I would be so appreciative. I don't mind waiting. You know, I don't mind going out and coming back later if it's not ready yet. And so they were really great. And they said, Oh, yes, yes, yes. We have this room. It's a King Opera View. It's technically a downgrade from what you have because the room isn't as big. And I said, that's fine. I would prefer a nice view at this hotel. So they said, okay, well, it'll be ready in a couple of hours. So we went and ate and came back. And then you saw the room that I got, the downgraded room. And I was just blown away. And I was like, thank goodness I said something. Thank goodness I asked. And like it was just amazing it was it was what I had pictured in my mind yeah you know and so well I was proud of you for asking because you know I would have been like texting like Jess what do I do I got in this room and the view's terrible and I would have been like I need to FaceTime you can you talk to them for me and I'm not someone that's the thing is like I am not I don't even remember the last time I asked to change a room I don't know if I ever have but I just said, like, I can't, I have to try. Yeah. You know, the worst they can say is, I'm sorry, we don't have anything available. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you were really nice. It's not like you stormed down. You're like, this view is terrible. And I spent all this time. I was going to say money, but you didn't spend any money. <laughs> I spent all these points to come here and this view was garbage. Like, you were really nice. So that's where I think... You're going to be more successful. Yeah. When you're nice. Well, it wasn't. I mean, I don't think that I don't think there was any malicious intent. I don't think. Yeah. Well, they're like, oh, a this bad view. We're going to give her an upgrade. 
That's just probably like standard what their system does. Yeah. So anyways, amazing experience. The breakfast was so good. And I don't, so the really nice thing is the conversion rate for anyone who has US dollars is amazing in Australia. You are going to get some amazing deals if you go there right now. And so we got breakfast included because of my globalist status, but I think it was 50 Australian dollars a person for this breakfast, which is around $30 US. And on the weekends, it includes mimosas, huge spread, like a buffet. You can order from the menu and you can get the buffet. So I personally think that even if I hadn't had status, that the breakfast there would have been worth it for that price, at least for one morning. And the view, you know, the restaurant is, the restaurant looks out at the opera house. And so you really can't get a better view. And the food was amazing. So I would have totally eaten there at least one morning, even if I didn't have status. No, I agree. It was really, really good food. And um, we did room service, I think, one morning. But the other morning we were there and I thought that I just thought it the, the food was amazing and, and the view, totally worth it. So I agree. Great, great place to stay. I was really excited that you were able to go and make that dream come true. But what, what did you do while you were there? We did a lot. We packed it in. And that was another reason why I was happy to be there with Ella. She's a little bit more adventurous. She, you know, Molly is 10 and she will complain that her feet hurt or that she's tired. You know, she just can't go as hard as Ella can go because Ella's an adult. And so one of the first things we did was we did a coastal walk from Bondi Beach to Kuj. I don't think I'm, I hope I'm saying it right. They said it to me and I was like, I got to remember how to say that. I think it's Kuji Beach, something like that. So it is around three, three and a half mile walk along the coast. We took the bus from Circular Key. We walked to Circular Key. We took the bus to Bondi Beach. And then we started the walk from there and we did the three and a half mile walk. We kind of, it was nice. It's like the scenery is beautiful. And so you can stop along the way and like take pictures or just watch the surfers or, and so it was beautiful outside. We saw dolphins on our walk. Um, we, you stop at several beaches along the way. I didn't go swimming. Uh, it was winter in Australia when I was there. So the weather was really nice, but it wasn't like swimming nice there were people swimming there were people surfing and there were people swimming but i was not brave enough to attempt to get in the water so we so we took our leisurely walk and then we ended up at kuji beach and we had brunch there there's a bunch of little cute restaurants so we had brunch there and then we took the bus back to circular key every every time you say every time you say circular key i go I was mispronouncing it. I was constantly calling it circular quay. The whole rhyme. So I'm like, yes, that's, uh, that's how you pronounce it. I only know. I only know because when we were on the train, it said it. It said the next stop is circular key. And I said, oh, I would have been saying that wrong the entire time I was here if I hadn't heard the announcement. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that was a really great way to spend a morning. It took us a few hours to do the walk, but it's it's a 
I think on all the websites it say it, it says like easy to moderate. I didn't find it. Like there's a little bit of stairs every now and then, but overall for a walk it was pretty easy. I think most people could do it. I think Molly would have been complaining that her feet hurt and she would not have enjoyed it. So I was happy to be with someone who did. We also went to the Taranga Zoo. You can take the ferry. Um, we took the ferry back, but you can take the ferry both ways from Circular Key. Super convenient to get there. It drops you off right at the zoo. And we thought that was really cool. We did a koala experience where you get to learn more about koalas and you get to be up close. You don't get to hold them or touch them or anything like that. The, Australia has like pretty strict laws about, you know, holding the an the wild animals. But we got to take pictures with them sort of close and learn more about them. It was really interesting. One of my favorite things we did was we did a sunrise kayak and coffee with a company called Sydney by Kayak, locally owned, family owned. It's like a mom with two kids who started this company and she she was actually on our kayak with us. So I was really interested to learn more about her and how she started the company. But we had an amazing time. We had to get up very early. But we um, took an Uber to Lavender Bay, which is where the tour started, and they had coffee for us. And if you're like Pam and Alex, you don't drink coffee, you can get tea, you can get hot chocolate. They have all sorts of options. You order ahead and they have it there with your name on it, ready to go. And so we got our coffee, we got our kayaks and our life jackets, and they just took us out and we got to watch the sunrise from Sydney Harbor just an amazing way to see the city. That was, I think, of all the things when you were sharing on stories, I was like, that I think was like my favorite thing that I saw you do. Like the views you had, the pictures you had, like it just looked, yeah, just like a bucket list experience. I feel like, like one of those things that you're just never going to forget of in the harbor with views of the opera house watching the sunrise like who can not many people can say they've done that it's really cool yeah and there were only about 10 of us and so it was just cool it was like small group experience i am not i am by no means a seasoned kayaker i think i can count on one hand the amount of times i've kayaked in my entire life but the water is calm it was easy for me to do so i really think anyone can do it all experience levels you don't have to be a good kayaker. I I was just pretending like I knew what I was doing <laughs> most of the time. How did you find out about that? I just I think I just googled things to do in Sydney and that was one of the first things that came up and I saw sunrise, which is one of my favorite things. I saw coffee, which is one of my favorite <laughs> things, and I saw all the picture they they posted a bunch of pictures that they had taken. They're amazing photographers. They're guides, and so they take amazing photos of you. And I said, "We have to do this. This looks unreal." And so I sent it to Ella, and I said, "Would you be interested in this? We have to get up at four thirty in the morning, but oh. would you want to do it with me?" You were getting up pretty early though, so it probably wasn't yeah. too bad, right? With the I hadn't adjusted. We did it our second morning and I had not adjusted by then. And so getting up that early was not a problem for me, luckily. But yeah, so we so we did that. And that was one of my favorite things we did on the trip. That was my favorite thing we did in Sydney. And then we went to the opera house. We didn't see a show, but we went inside. Even the bathrooms are really cool there. And then there's an opera bar that is outside 
it was a beautiful day. And so we sat outside, drank some espresso martinis, and they had a live band playing. And so it was just a really fun way to spend an afternoon. So those are a few of my favorite things that we did in Sydney. Well, I'm sold. I was already sold anyways, but now I'm like even more sold since you both have been there and I have not. But I need to go when it's Utah winter so I can escape it here and go enjoy the summer there. See, y'all, y'all like to escape the winter and go somewhere warm. And then this Texas girl is like, get me out of this hundred degree heat. Going somewhere where it's winter sounds amazing. And so, yeah, well, and like the winter there looked pretty mild. Like, we were like, oh my gosh, like it was beautiful. It was, we really looked out. And I have had like all of your pictures, it was blue skies and sunny. I was like, okay, I could have done, I can do Australia winter if this is Australia winter. It was technically, so we were there August 26th to September 4th, and September 1st is their first day of spring. So we were there like the tail end of winter entering into spring. Amazing time to go because it wasn't super crowded. The weather I thought was beautiful. And so I would totally recommend going like mid to late August if you can. And I don't think it ever really gets cold in Sydney. I don't think it ever really gets super cold there. And so um, totally recommend it. So lucky you, not only did you go to Sydney, which I love, you went to another city in um, Australia and you went to Melbourne. So tell us all about that. So we flew from Sydney to Melbourne. It is a very short flight. I think it was a little over an hour. I booked our tickets through British Airways. So they were on Qantas. Qantas and British Airways are in the same alliance. And so you can book flights. And British Airways is known for having good deals on their award chart is distance-based. And so they're known for having good deals on flights between cities that are relatively close to one another. And so... I booked us for just 6,000 avios per person each way. And so uh, it was 12,000 avios for both of us to fly from Sydney to Melbourne. Again, really easy to use the transportation in Melbourne. There's a sky bus that we took from the airport to the CBD. And then Melbourne actually has a tram that is completely free in a certain zone. And that zone is basically the entire downtown area. And so once we were downtown, we took the, we either walked or we took the tram for free. So our transportation expenses downtown were zero. And so we took, I did some hotel hopping though in Melbourne. I I can't believe it. Pam's rubbing off on you. I I took a page out of Pam's book. So we, we stayed there, we stayed five nights total in Melbourne. The first two nights, we stayed at the Grand Hyatt Melbourne, and that one is a Category 4, which means that you it is 15,000 Hyatt points a night for standard award nights, or you can use those Category 1 to 4 free night certificates. I actually had two of those, and so I used my two Category 1 to 4 free night certificates to get us two nights at the Grand Hyatt Melbourne, and then we were upgraded the day of check-in to a really amazing suite on the 24th floor with huge windows and views of downtown Melbourne. And so I was very excited about that. The Grand Hyatt was great. I would not hesitate to stay there again. It's very right in the middle of the action. And so 
right downtown, easy to walk everywhere. Um, huge hotel, big hotel. Like a, I think I think a lot of conferences happen there probably. So it was 31 floors. The club lounge was on the 31st floor. Amazing views. And we had dinner at the club lounge the first night because we were just really tired. So we had dinner there. That was really good. And then we had breakfast there in the mornings. You can get access to that if you are a globalist or if you book a club access room. I thought the club lounge was really good. And that is a property that I think it would be worth it to book club lounge access if you don't have status. So I would totally stay there again. I thought for a category four, it was a great value. And then the next three nights, we stayed at the Park Hyatt Melbourne. That one is a category five. So it's kind of like the Park Hyatt Washington, D.C., where it's, you know, you usually don't find Park Hyatts for category five. It's definitely a little more dated. We were like we walked in and Ella said this looks I've never been on a cruise, but this is what I imagine a cruise ship looks like. And I said, you know what? You're actually right. Like, it That's does. really funny. So I don't know when it was built, but I'm going to guess the 80s maybe because there were definitely like some 80s or 90s vibes. But it was so really... So it sounds like it could use a refresh. You could probably use it. Yeah, it could use an update, but it was very, it was very nice. So category five, it would cost... 20,000 Hyatt points a night to stay there um, with a standard room. There was a there was a deal going on when I booked and I wasn't sure if it was a mistake or what, but you could get a terrace suite for only 9,000 Hyatt points plus $227 a night. And that's a premium suite, not one that I would have been eligible for with my status. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to splurge. And I couldn't pass up that deal. Um, well, 9,000 points. That's 9, hardly points. anything. It would have been 20,000 for just this, the base room, you know? And yeah. so I said, why am I going to pay 20,000 points when I can just pay 9,000 plus an extra couple hundred dollars and have an entire terrace to myself, you know? And yeah. so I think it was a good choice. We loved we loved the room. It was huge. The, was that the hotel that had the dog? Yes. They have a little a white lab, Mr. Walker. And so he's there during the day and you can go over and pet him. And he was really cute. He was sweet. Molly probably would have loved him. Molly would have liked the dog. She definitely would have liked the dog. And then I texted y'all about this while I was there, but we kept seeing women with newborn babies. And I was wondering, what is happening? Why are all these women with newborn babies at the Park Hyatt Melbourne. And so we finally figured it out. Our tour guide one of the days told us that the private hospitals next door and they have a deal with the Park Hyatt to where if you have private insurance in Melbourne and you give birth, they'll put you up in the Park Hyatt for three nights and you get three meals of room service a day and the doctors and midwives visit you at the Park Hyatt. <laughs> and I said, so nice. I said, I'm not planning to have any more children, but if I were, I would be very tempted to <laughs> give birth in Melbourne because that is just, I that could, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm an American and this, that ain't happening in America. So that's the ultimate travel hack right there. Now you have to do a baby and then you can get three nights at the Park Hyatt. 
crazy. But yeah, so the the breakfast again at the Park Hyatt Melbourne was amazing. Ton, t- tons of options. I couldn't even try all the options. It was buffet, and then they had made to order pancakes or eggs or eggs Benedict or anything like that. And so it was much smaller. It was a little bit more. It was still considered in the central business district, but it was a little bit more outside of the main area. So a little less busy, a little quieter area, which y'all know I like. So, but I really liked both. I would stay at either one again. No, no question. Would you say one has like, is the location of the Grand Hyatt more like if someone's like, oh, right, maybe you don't want to use, like wants to save on their points. Would you say, oh, just stay at the Grand Hyatt. It's fantastic. Yeah. Or would you be like, maybe splurge and stay at the no i mean i didn't think i mean it's it is a category four and a category five and i so they're close i think that those categories are fair yeah i do think that the park hyatt is a little bit more luxurious i liked the location of the park hyatt but they're not far apart we walk when we went when we moved from the grand hyatt to the park hyatt we walked there oh nice it's not i think it's half a mile it's not a huge difference in but the Grand Hyatt definitely feels a lot more in the action. And so that might be a plus to some people, you know. So yeah. I think either one is great. If you have the Category 1 to 4 certificates, I think the Grand Hyatt, no question, to redeem those. But if you're paying points and it's the difference between 15000 and 20000 either one is great. Yeah. So what were your favorite things that you did while you were there? I mean, I have an idea because people are going to think that your tours with the private tour guide were sponsored because Jess was raving and raving about, is his name Simon? Simon. Was raving about, see, I remember his name because you already talked about him so much on stories. (laughs) She was raving about Simon so much that she was thinking people are going to think that this is sponsored post but it isn't i just loved this tour well you did two with him i loved the tour so much so i want to hear about your great ocean road one i was already telling mitch about it and i said when we go to australia we have to do this tour just did it looked amazing yeah so nothing on this trip was sponsored I and, and Alex actually texted me. I think she was tr- trying to be like, "Did you get a discount for talking up this tour?" And I'm like, "No, this is I paid, I paid out of pocket for it. Um, I used all my points for my flights and hotels. So nothing about this trip was sponsored in any way. But Simon is the owner of a company called the Private Tour Guide. I will link him, and I will link the exact tours that we did in the show notes. But he is amazing." He was born and raised in the Yarra Valley, which is right outside Melbourne. And so he's just super knowledgeable. He's a dad of three. And I just had such a soft spot for him because he was telling us about how he almost lost his business during the pandemic because obviously he gives tours to tourists. And if Australia is closed to tourists, then you don't really have a business. And so um, but he was just so great. I booked him because I had originally thought about renting a car and driving the Great Ocean Road myself. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to be so stressed about trying to stay on the left side of the road that I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. I'm not going to be able to look out the window and really take it all in because I'm going to be too anxious about driving. I'm really surprised to hear that because I would have thought you would not even entertain the thought of driving yourself. I had booked a rental car and I ended up canceling it. it. And I'm so glad I canceled it. I am so glad I canceled it. 
So I had found him. There are tons of tour groups in Melbourne that do these day trip tours. And I found his website and I said, this is what I have to book. Like, this looks amazing. It's a private tour. So it's just you and Simon and whoever else is traveling with you. He picks you up at your hotel. He drops you off at your hotel. For the Great Ocean Road in particular, a lot of these big buses and large tour groups start at a certain point and they end at the 12 Apostles. And Simon has it figured out to where he starts at the 12 Apostles. He does the Great Ocean Roads backwards from a lot of the ways, from the way that the big tour companies do. And so you basically have these sites to yourself and you're not battling a ton of tourists getting off these buses, trying to take a picture or a video at the same place you are. And so I felt like that alone was worth it. Yeah, totally. But so we did a private tour with him of the Great Ocean Road, and that was about that was about a 10 and a half hour day. And he said that we did it quickly. So I think that the Great Ocean Road is typically 11 to 12 hour day that you're looking at. Um, He picked us up at 7 a.m. And then the Yarra Valley is a little bit more chill. It's a little bit closer in Melbourne. It was only about an hour away. If you are a wine drinker, it's more focused on going to different wineries than tasting wines. We went to like a chocolate factory also and got to sample some chocolate. So that was a really fun day, but it was a little, I think that one was only maybe about seven hours, including pick up and drop off. And so, well, I can see, I can see why you talked about Simon so much because you spent some real quality time together. You're like, I got to send him a Christmas card next year now. We're like best friends, basically. It was funny because he, you know, I, we had been communicating via email back and forth about the tours and he had seen my signature, you know, my signature block with our website. Yeah. And so he said, he was like, I, I've checked out your website. What you're doing is amazing. I wish I could do that here. Do you have any tips for me? You know, so he's like asking, he was really <laughs> into the whole travel hacking aspect. But yes, we spent two basically full days in the car with him. But he took us and he took us to see, he knows all the good spots where like, the, the koalas are in the trees and where the kangaroos are hanging out. And you're not going to get that on a huge bus tour you know they're not yeah. gonna stop at those places and so well hey i am sold like hands down whenever i go there simon better still be doing this because i'm banking on simon being my tour guide well and the other thing i love about points and miles is i basically yeah of course a private tour is going to be a little bit more pricey than a group tour but i like to think of it as i saved all this money by using points and miles to book my flights and book my hotels, I can splurge a little bit on these experiences that well, I like. They're not even just experiences; they're bucket list experiences yeah. that you're having. That, yeah, it's not not every day that you're going to go on a tour of the Great Ocean Road. Yeah, so I thought it was totally worth it. But like I said, I will link to both of those tours in the show notes. We also did do a group tour with a company called Go West Tours to Phillip Island and Moonlit Sanctuary. I highly recommend that one also. And that one can be booked on Viator. And so I know they often have deals with, you know, you get a ton of points by booking through them. So that one was another one where they picked us up at our hotel. I think there were 20 20 to 24 people in our tour group. So it wasn't huge, but I could definitely tell the difference between that and our private tour. But yeah, so we went to Phillip Island. We saw the penguin parade and it was really fun. And we went to Moonlit Sanctuary. We got to feed 
kangaroos out of our hand. And so that was a really memorable day also. So I will link to that tour as well. And then the food in Melbourne is just amazing. And so we did a lot of eating. We did a lot. We went to an area called Fitzroy. That's a really cute, more hipster area. We had drinks on a rooftop bar. We went to Chinatown. So we we ate our way through (laughs) Melbourne. And the Grand Hyatt is directly across the street from a shop called Loon Croissant, and it was the best croissant I've ever had. It, we found them on TikTok, and I looked up the address, and I was like, oh, it's literally right across the street from the Grand Hyatt. So we just went and stood in line for 30 minutes and got our croissant, and it was totally worth it. And then we went to Queen Victoria Market one day. It's like an outdoor market just walked around did some shopping a really cute area that's something free to do I mean unless you buy things but the walking around part is free so yeah we just had a great time when we when we took off from Sydney to go back to LA I could see the harbor bridge and the opera house outside my window and I started like getting teary-eyed I was was like I don't I mean like it was just like a bucket list trip and every like nothing everything went well you know there all of our flights were on time our weather was amazing our tours were amazing nothing I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop you know like something bad's gonna happen I'm gonna get sick or the it's gonna start raining and I was like this was the perfect trip it was so it was so amazing I can't wait to go back I want to go back I want to bring my husband and I want to bring Molly I want to bring everyone I just want us to all go back (laughs) (laughs) So huge question. The hundred thousand dollar question. Sydney versus Melbourne. Which was the best? I can't okay, they are very different. So I wasn't expecting them to be so different because like I said, the flight is about an hour between the two. And so you're thinking, okay, they're pretty close together. They're probably gonna be pretty similar but they weren't at all um la i mean sydney reminded me of very much california la vibes it's definitely more if you're into um beaches it is a great place to go they have amazing beaches there and so i would say sydney is a little bit more of like an outdoorsy being active city and the weather there was also a little warmer and then Melbourne reminded me so much of New York City, and I love New York City. It's just amazing. And so I told Pam this already, but I feel like I would have, like if I were to go back, I think I would want to do both again because Sydney has that wow factor. Sydney is beautiful. It has the Harbor Bridge. It has the Opera House. It has all these landmarks that, you know, when you think of Australia, you think of that but then melbourne has better food in my opinion it has more culture in melbourne and we saw more like on our day trips from melbourne we obviously saw a lot more wildlife like kangaroos and koalas in the wild we saw kangaroos and koalas at the taronga zoo in sydney you know but we didn't just see kangaroos hopping out in the wild and so i loved both i cannot choose a favorite because I loved them both for very different reasons but that's kind of what everyone people were asking us that like people there's a there's apparently a 
competition there. And like all the Sydney people think Sydney's better and all the Melbourne people think Melbourne's better. And so, but Simon, Simon was asking us that. And I told him, I said, Sydney reminds me of LA and Melbourne reminds me of New York. And he was like, you're exactly right. Like, I totally agree with you. And they both have their pros and I just love them both. I can't choose. But Pam, you definitely need to go back and go to Melbourne because I know you love New York City also. And so I think you would really like it. Yeah, I, re- I would. And I'd like to go. I know there's some other areas in Australia I'd like to go to also where there's more beaches, even yeah. no more. So, yes. So I got a question for you. In Nola Park Hyatt was your, the Park Hyatt Sydney. Mm-hmm. It was like your big bucket list hotel. And you did say location-wise, it's like the best one you've stayed at. But what about the other Park Hyatts that you've stayed at? Like, I I know you're a big fan of Park Hyatt New York. Mm-hmm. You've done Park Hyatt Paris. Mm-hmm. You've, done a, you've done a lot of Park Hyatts. Is this the ultimate Park Hyatt? Or I mean, can you not choose? I I mean the Park Hyatt if we're if we were just talking hotels on the trip the Park Hyatt Sydney was definitely my favorite hotel hands down As far as comparing it to other Hyatts see here's the thing I think that the room that we ended up getting played a huge role in how much I enjoyed that hotel and being able to sit yeah. on the balcony and look have a direct shot of the opera house like if I had, if they hadn't been able to switch me and I was in that room watching a huge tree in construction, I feel like I just wouldn't have enjoyed that hotel as much, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah for sure. So I really think that the room we got had a huge impact on that. I don't think, like, I think that the Park Hyatt New York is more luxurious, but I loved the Park Hyatt Sydney like that was my favorite hotel of the trip and it's it's pretty epic well I love this report I am so glad you told us all about not only Sydney which is an amazing city I love it too but also about Melbourne I think it's amazing that we can use credit card points and miles and go to the our dream destinations whatever they may be and I'm really excited, Jess, that you got to check this one off your uh, bucket list. So by combining American Express membership rewards and Hyatt points, Jess scored a 10-day trip to Australia with her stepdaughter that would have cost her over $30,000 for less than $1,500. That is amazing. Are you ready to get started so you can turn your bucket list dream trip into a reality? If so, sign up for our free masterclass, How to Start Traveling for Nearly Free. We'll include a link to register in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, Follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.